The second reading is from Colossians, chapter 3, verse 15 to chapter 4, verse 1. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, Provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, It's great here to be with you this afternoon. Um, Can I begin by asking you uh, to think of a really difficult relationship that you might have had a really difficult relationship. Maybe it's a really painful one that you've had in the past, or perhaps it's something, some, someone who's hurt you before, some, some relationship that you feel really strongly, so angry about. Can we think of somebody? I think, I think maybe, maybe, maybe we can. We got, we got relationships that may, that people might have hurt us before, or we're still in. Well, if I were to ask you to turn to the person next to you and talk about this relationship, well, that, that, that would be very mean of me to do. And um, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But you see, my point is, talking about difficult relationships is a hard thing to do. Difficult relationship hurts us. It hurts. Well, let me tell you about a relationship that I've had um, that still haunts me today a little bit. Um, it's between me and my dad. I grew up in, in Hong Kong. Um, I, I was in the family of four, my, my parents, me and my brother. Uh, we were living, growing up in, in the society happily. My dad had a very nice job. Um, he worked for the government. Um, and um, he, 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 he goes to work every day. My mom looked after us. Um, we, we grew up happily as a family. But when, when, when I was 12, my whole family moved here to the UK. Um, well, my dad gave up his job. He left his really well-paid job in Hong Kong to be here um, because of political reasons, um, but more likely because for our education, for my brother and I, um, we see education here as a good thing. So my dad um, left his job, came here in his late 40s. He, 
he, he, he tried to look for a job, uh, tried to settle here without friends. Uh, we were all alone as a family. Um, he struggled. He, he carried on um, supporting uh, for us um, as, as a father. But he became very depressed over time. And a few years passed. I, I grew up to become a teenager. And um, I, I, my relationship with my dad became very challenging. Um, at one time, it was at one time when I realized I've not spoken to him for two years. We didn't speak for two years even though we were living under the same roof. Well, it was my last year at school, I remember very well. Um, my last year at school, um, uh, my dad, it was Saturday morning, I was watching TV downstairs, watching the great sports that, that, that this country offers us. And, and my dad complained about pain in the chest one, one, that morning. And by the afternoon, he was in hospital. And I realized, I've already spoken my last word with him two years ago. He died of the heart attack that day. Um, it was, I was 17, and out of the blue, um, um, and it hit me, relationships. Relationship hit me because it was painful. It hurts. Broken relationship hurts. Still hurts me today. Oh, I don't know about you. Um, maybe you, 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 are, you came here this afternoon um, like me, having lost loved one that um, you regretted for not being nicer to them while uh, we can. And you, you might feel lonely because um, you've lost faith in the relationship altogether because it, you, you just, it, relationship just hurt you so much in, in the past and you'd rather be alone. Or it might be a Christian who's, who's hurt you before, um, and, and therefore you've not really trusted the Lord Jesus because um, you see that's, that, 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 that Christians have, 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 have put an image of Christ, um, what Christians are like, um, in, in you. Maybe that's you this afternoon. Or maybe you're still angry um, just because how hard relationships are. And it was only this morning or last night that you've just had a confrontation with someone that you really love and you regretted it. Relationships can be really hard. And where is hope? Well, our passage this afternoon, Paul tells us where hope in relationship is found. Well, it might sound like at first, uh, hearing the reading, that Paul is telling us how to sort out our mess in our relationship. It might sound like that Paul is saying we're not doing enough in our relationships. Well, a look at that maybe, but ultimately, Paul is saying, telling us that only because we are in Jesus, we only because we've placed our trust in the Lord Jesus by being a Christian, that we can enjoy relationships with one another. And if you're coming to uh, the 4 p.m. congregation, you will know that we've been going through the book of um, Colossians. Paul is writing to the church in Colossae. And we are at chapter 3 today, halfway through chapter 3. So Paul has already spent two chapters uh, praising the Christians um, in Colossae about their faith in the Lord Jesus. Uh, Paul summarized uh, from them um, earlier in chapter 2 by praising the Christians in Colossae that their faith are built in the risen Lord Jesus. 
And he told them that because you've received Christ as Lord, Jesus as Lord, you should continue to live um, lives in him, rooted and built up, so that you are strengthened in this faith and can be overflowing with thankfulness. That's what Paul said to the Christians in Colossae. And we can see that. What Paul is saying here, he's saying that, well, Christianity is a line and not a dot. Christianity is a line and not a dot. You see what he means there? Well, because a line tells us that there is change. A line begins with what Christ has done for us. A line that continues with our response to that. Paul says, be rooted in Christ, but building on this faith. Continue with this line. And at the end of the line, there's joy and there's thankfulness. Christianity is a line and not a dot. And by chapter 3, Paul says in, in, our, in our passage today, in chapter 3, that he mentioned the heart five times. I don't know if you notice in the passage. He mentioned it in the passage four times today. But he began in chapter 3, verse 1. Um, right at the beginning of this chapter, he says, Because you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is. Set your heart on things above where Christ is. And in our passage today, verse 15, look down with me. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Verse 16 again. Let the message of Christ dwell among you so that you can have gratitude in your heart. Well, verse 22, have a sincere heart and reference the Lord so that in verse 23, everything that you do, do it with your heart. Well, Paul says, Christianity is like a line and not a dot. And the problem that we want to live in the dot and not in the line because of a heart problem, a heart condition that we have. So Paul is talking to our heart and wanting us to have a heart change, an internal change, a heart that we should ought to love Jesus, be rooted in him, and be built up. So what's holding us back? What's holding us, if you place your trust in Jesus, what's holding us back in living in a line, uh, living in a dot and not as a in a line? Well, it's, it's these questions, isn't it, we often ask in our relationship, what is my desire? Why do I want to pursue this relationship? What benefits me most in our relationship? What is good for me in doing this for you? You see, what's holding us back? It's ourselves, it's our attitude, it's our heart that we want to be selfish. And hence, Paul says, we need to change. We need a change of heart. Um, I don't know if you heard of this experiment. Um, it's, by a, it's by a psychologist called Pavlov, and he did an experiment called the Pavlov's dog. Um, in this experiment, he, 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 he had a bell. He, he feeds his dog and his ring a bell. He feeds his dog and his ring a bell. He feeds his dog and his ring a bell. And over time, he realized that he just needs to ring the bell, and the dog would come to him. The dog has been conditioned in some way. The dog has been, tra- has been trained so that... The scientist only needs to ring the bell and the dog would come to him. Well, Paul's passage this afternoon is a bit like that for us. He's ringing the bell for us in our lives. He's warning us, he's training us to come to Christ in our life, to live in a line 
and not in a dot. And how, did, how, did, how does Paul ring his bell to, to tell us, to help us to think about our relationships? Well, he gives us three examples. He rings the bell three times for us um, in our passage this afternoon. He talks about three relationships that we, we can immediately get practicing on uh, for some of us so that uh, we know what it means as Christians to live in a dot line and not in a dot. He talks about the wives and the husbands. He talks about the children and the fathers. He talks about the slaves and the masters. Well, maybe you think that's a bit funny or interesting, but, but I've got nothing to do with these relationships. I'm, I'm not married, or I don't have a slave, at least. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about you. Um, my guess is that Paul is turning us here to have a closer look, to see what relationship is like when we, look, when we live in a line and not in a dot. He's turning here because he's showing us some of our closest relationships, those people that we should love most of. We fail to do sometimes, and we need the heart change. We need to learn to live in the line and not in the dot. Maybe we don't have these kind of relationships today, but the principle, you see, Paul, Paul says, the principle applies. We can look at these relationships as a pattern for us to see how we could relate to each other in, in, our work, in our lives, those who we meet every day, maybe friendships even, maybe our work relationships. So let's take a closer look to see how Paul is ringing the bell for us to remind us to live in a line and not in a dot. Well, the first pair of examples that Paul gives us is in verse 18. He says, Wives, submit, to your, submit yourselves to your husbands, as it is fitting in the Lord. And verse 19, Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Well, it is fitting to the Lord, this example Paul sets. Well, I haven't grabs the British culture completely, having grown up here uh, since um, the age of 12. As a Chinese, I, I get a strong sense that um, su- su- submission to a husband is a controversial topic here that we, we, we might be thinking of. But Paul's point here is both ways. He's not just saying about wives, he's talking about husbands as well. Both parties in this relationship how we should relate to one another. It's both ways. It's in both ways that it is fitting in the Lord. Well, how do we think about this? Well, submission, uh, wives submitting to husband, how do we do that as wives? Um, it requires humility, doesn't it? Submitting to our husbands requires humility. It requires putting the husband's interests before yourselves. That's humility. That's trusting in someone else. That's respecting someone else, your husbands. But what about love that Paul is asking for here, for the husbands? Well, loving someone superficially is quite an easy thing to do. But loving like Christ loves us is hard. 
You see, elsewhere in the Bible, in Ephesians 5, Paul talks about this relationship again, but he expanded on how the husband should love. He says that the husband should love like how Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? By dying on the cross for the church. Well, that's how husbands should love their wives in a way that sacrificially loving, putting the wife's interests first before himself. Love requires humility. You see, Paul's view here that Christians should live in the line and not in a dot. First point in this relationship is that we should see that Christ models that for us, that we are meant to see Christ's humility as husbands and wife in our marriages together. In the marriage, we should, it should really reflect Christ's love for the church. Um, and, and, and you see, Paul's point here is that Christians live in the line like Christ. How Christ has died for us, that in our relationship with one another, in the line that Christians should live as husbands and wife, we should love one another in that, in that self-sacrificial sense. Well, secondly then, in verse 20 and 21, um, children and fathers, or children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Well, my pastor in my previous church used to tell this story about him and his uh, three-year-old son. So he, he goes and do his laundry one day, uh, puts his clothes in the washing machine, and he would let it, let it finish and then try to get it out. And his three-year-old son um, likes to um, imitate what, everything that his dad does. So when his dad trying to take the clothes out of the machine and put it out in the garden to hang it up to dry, um, his three-year-old son wants to do the same. Apart from that, he would go and put, drag all the clothes out onto the floor, all the weight out into the garden, and drops a few on the side, and then tramples it on them and to pick them back up, and to, at the end, just make a huge mess. And my pastor, um, instead of getting really angry, he would say, son, shall I help you? Shall we do this together? Well, you see, you get, you get the picture that... that he likes to do things not just twice as long, but at the same time, letting his son get involved and train him up in doing um, the same thing. He loves his son. He wants to be patient with his son. Maybe we are impatient sometimes, unlike my pastor at my church. But fathers, fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. You see, letting children involved in our life, encouraging them in our growth, is a wonderful thing uh, for us to see. And that reflects the message of the gospel, doesn't it? Essentially, we have an obedient son, Jesus, and a loving father. The son obedience in the Father's loving plan, both are glorified. The Son is glorified um, for his um, obedience, and yet his obedience glorifies the Father's love. And Paul says this models a relationship between the Father 
and the Son. The line that we should be living in as Christians is reflect, it's a reflection of the line that Christ has obedience in the Father's loving plan. Well, finally then, the final pairs that we have between slaves and masters. Um, as I said, we, we might not have slaves in our society today. today. Um, maybe we do see here the news sometimes, slavery does go on, unfortunately. Um, but Paul certainly here is not condoning um, slavery. Um, he's just merely speaking about some of the relationship that's going on in the first century. And he speaks into this relationship to see how it should work out. Um, now that Jesus um, has shown us about what relationship means, that how Christians in that in slaves and masters should reflect um, in that relationship, or you might prefer to think about um, our jobs if you're working or you've worked in the past. It's a relationship between the boss and the workers. Uh, masters are to provide what is right and fair, Paul says, and slaves are to obey. Well, but Paul says there's one thing that we need to remember, one thing that both the master and the slaves, they both have to remember, is that there is a master in heaven. That's why the master needs to provide right and fair. And because there's a master in heaven, he tells the slaves to work for the master, not the earthly one, but for the masters in heaven, so that everything that you do, um, you do it with all your heart. Well, in this final relationship, as well as the other two, we are meant to see that as Christians, we live in a line and not in a dot. Christians have a pattern um, that we set our hearts, um, we, set, uh, we have Jesus in our hearts, so that because of what he's done, we can have a relationship with one another um, in the way that glorifies him, in the way that reflects Christ's humility in the ways that reflects that we trust in the Father in heaven. These relationships that Paul talks about here is merely the bell being ring here, but it doesn't stop here. It takes us further to see our relationships with one another in our lives, maybe friendships. It's a pattern for us to see how we deal with one another in our lives. So what is your relationship like with other people? How would you describe your relationships with other people if you trusted in the Lord Jesus, if you want to live in a line and not in a dot? Well, perhaps you're still feeling that uh, relationship isn't all that important to you. You've kind of put it in into second class because you've been hurt by it so much, and you don't think it, you don't think it's necessary, or you don't think um, uh, we we don't need to work on that. Um, knowing that um, we are Christians, wanting to live in a line and and not in a dot. Well, perhaps um, listen to what C.S. Lewis has to say. Um, the analogy that he gives, I think, applies here for us to see um, our relationships. C.S. Lewis put it some, something like this. Because we feel thirsty, it proves that water exists. And then he goes on to say, because we feel that we need God, it kind of proves that God does exist. And if I could say that for the same thing about relationship, 
because maybe relationship, the different the relationships that you were thinking of at the beginning was really hurtful to you. Maybe that proves that we care a lot about relationships. Relationships matter to us because it hurts us. We care a lot about our relationship with one another. And so, will we live in a line and not in a dot, in a line with other people, in our relationships with one another, starting with what Christ has done for us and how we relate to everyone else? Will you feel and taste and see the love of Jesus, what he's done for you, what he's done for us, that it will affect our love for people around us. Well, isn't it foolish to still think that as Christians we could be living in a dot and not in the line? Because on the cross, the line has been drawn by us. Christ has demonstrated what that line looks like. His blood drew this line for us and it covers our inequity in our relationships with one another. And be sure that the line that Christ drew on the cross has the power to start to help us to start anew in our relationship to forgive one another. Well, Paul is saying it's foolish to live in a dot, so live in the line. And how will we respond to what Paul is saying here? What may it look like? For us. Well, perhaps it's a phone call that you, you did last time. You picked up the phone, you pressed a few buttons, and you weren't sure what to say because sometimes relationship is just hard and it's embarrassing and, and it's awkward and we just don't know what to say. So we just put our phone down and thinking that it would be okay. Well, maybe to respond to Paul here, to, to Christ's love for us, be rooted in him, to live in line and not in dot, means that we need to pick up that phone again, finish pressing those numbers and make that phone call, even though it's hard. To say that, son, well, it's been a while and I miss you. Or perhaps, is I walk to church next Sunday just taking a small detour, knock on the friend's door and say, hi, how are you doing? And again, the following Sunday, knock on the door and say, hi, um, how have you been? And knock on the door and knock on the door and knock on the door until one, one Sunday you're confident enough to say, well, I'm just on my way to church. Would you like to come with me? And imagine what that phone call could be like that turns into a meet-up. You thought you've spoken the last word face-to-face with the person that you love. But only that phone call made it possible for you to see your friend, your family, that one more time. Unlike my dad and I, it was too late. But maybe it's not if you make that phone call. Or maybe um, it's... It's that walk that you, you, you do uh, every Sunday from now on and you invite your friends um, to church um, and your neighbor um, to church. And they come to know how great this love is, 
how great the love of Christ is for us. Or maybe it's this Christmas. Never too early to mention Christmas. But maybe this Christmas. Imagine that um, you, 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 could, you could be sitting um, with, your, with, with friends that you didn't realize that you had. Uh, you're making new friendships and your table being filled with family and friends again. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Maybe it's just that walk or that phone call away. Isn't it foolish then, as Christians, to still live in the dot and not in the line? But we need to be reminded that Paul wants us to have our heart change. He wants us to be rooted in Christ so that everything that we do in our relationship with one another will reflect what Christ love for us how deep that love is for us why don't we take a moment to think about that person that you're thinking of at the beginning that relationship that difficult relationship that we might be we, we might we can think of and think about how we can respond to Paul's teaching here this afternoon how can we choose wisely so that to reflect as Christians we're living in a line and not in a dot. Let's take a moment to think, and James is going to pray for us in a moment.